Hello, you're listening to the Ambition Podcast. I'm Alan Buckin, Communications and Insights Assistant at AMBA. Last month, I spoke to Rita Montero. She's gone from working in small companies to one of the world's biggest companies, Amazon. And I was keen to ask her about what this transition has been like, and also find out a little bit about how her MBA has helped her in her career so far. Here's that conversation. So hello, um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you, thank you so much for having me. You describe yourself as being on your seventh career path in your fifth country. Can you tell us a little bit more about your career up to this point, please? Uh, yeah, of course. Um, well, actually, it's country number eight. Um, but going back, I graduated in psychology and from the end of the high school and during my degree, I worked as a freelance photographer. So that was my first initial uh, career. Then I specialized in HR management uh, through a post-graduation course and master's in organizational psychology. Um, at the same time, I was doing my post-graduation and master's degree. I um, participated in several HR internships and I decided to open my first business, an art shop with my sister with the aim of promoting uh, local and international small artists with both online and physical sales. Um, I was part of this business for around uh, two years until I moved to Cape Verde when I completed my master's. Um, you know, living abroad was since a very early age, something that I always wanted to do and wanted to experience because I believe that would help me grow a lot. So Cape Verde was the first country I moved into. Um, in Cape Verde, I, I worked as an HR consultant where I was leading all the technical and executive recruitment account managing, supporting with client acquisition, uh, creating training programs. Um, and at the same time, I opened my dive school, my second business uh, with my partner at the time where I helped with the overall management and on the weekends, which was our busiest period, um, I was helping with the operation of the dive. Um, this diving experience was, I guess, the first time I, I really reflected upon environmental and social impact uh, issues. Um, then after almost two and a half years in Cape Verde doing these two jobs, um, I went to Southeast Asia as a business developer and manager in dive centers and schools, um, while supporting occasionally with free diving instruction. So I was living the, the pure nomad life at the time. Um, despite seeing this nomad life being seen by many as a, as a dream life uh, and having uh, had a, the most uh, amazing view of the office, um, I was struggling because I was not really fulfilled. Um, and during this time uh, in Southeast Asia, the idea of an MBA was getting stronger, um, which led me to return to Portugal and pursue it with the Lisbon MBA. While waiting for the classes to start, I freelanced as a recruiter and I joined uh, my third business, a small startup that was focusing on creating a marketplace and events for emerging artists, which unfortunately didn't last long due to misalignment from the founders. Um, I chose to do the Lisbon MBA at the time because he had international exposure, uh, because he had the MIT, MIT um, um, summer program. Uh, it was also very highly ranked in the FT Financial Times, and it was in my home, hometown, which was great for um, reconnecting a little bit uh, with home. And finally, because he offered also the possibility of specializing in entrepreneurship and social impact. Uh, during my MBA, I did an internship on the viability study to launch Impact Hub in Lisbon, which is an incubator 
and co-working space for social impact businesses. And despite of my like kind of dormant dream of working in a bigger company, my path was very clearly defined to continue working in small companies or um, continue to, per to pursue entrepreneurship. Uh, when Amazon came into the campus to present the pathways program, of course, I apply, apply and to my surprise, I got in. Uh, in the first two years in Amazon, I worked in fulfillment operations in Wales, England, and France where I learned a lot about people management, uh, responding to fast, fast to different constraints, operations in general, and dealing with a lot of ambiguity. Um, and during this time, I also participated and developed some programs related to sustainability at fulfillment centers. Then I was given the opportunity to come to Japan to work in supply chain execution program management, which I did for four months before I was offered the position of leading the sustainability strategy in Japan for operations, the role that I have now been doing for one year. Sorry for the long description. It's, it's very hard to summarize it <laughs> in the shorter way. Now that's amazing. You've had such a varied career so far. Um, it's so interesting. Yeah. Um, one of the kind of things I picked up on there is that you've kind of gone from working in like startups and small organizations to working in one of the largest companies in the world. How has that transition been? And like, almost like, why did you choose to make that move? Um, well, working for a big tech company was somehow a dream that I had since uh, the times before leaving Portugal for the first time. Um, however, I ended up working very independently and in small companies, which was amazing for the autonomy and responsibility to learn and having a decision-making power across different verticals in, in an organization. When you, it's a very small organization, you do from finance to marketing to uh, to business development, to you basically do everything. Um, however, in these small companies, I was missing the impact and also acquiring more specialized knowledge and more opportunities to collaborate towards innovation, which was, you know, leading me to plateauing very quickly, which was a, a, an anxiety factor for me. Um, I was also made to believe at the time that my very typical professional path was not always seen in positive light by larger corporations. Um, and I knew that if, if I would be able to get into a, a big tech company, I would risk losing this autonomy and decision-making that I was used to. Um, however, I weighed the odds with um, growing the impact and having uh, a learning curve that would not be possible for me in a smaller company. So uh, when Amazon came in and I, I got in, I, I, I didn't think twice in taking, in taking the jump. Um, I'm really glad I was wrong about perception of more traditional backgrounds in terms of acquiring a specific role. Um, landing in Amazon was you know, beyond my expectations. The complexity was much higher than I could have ever imagined. Um, and I was very relieved uh, when I realized that Amazon seeks the employees to learn how to handle this complexity autonomously um, and gives us the responsibility for achieving the results. And on top of that, it also allows us to craft our own professional path if there are opportunities to do so. Um, after three years and changing function three times, uh, the learning curve is, I have to say, as steep as it was in the day one. Um, I guess it's why we have the motto of it's always day one. Um, and having learned how to execute operations, logistics, and supply chain allow me now to apply and connect different points into a, a more consolidating strategy in sustainability. Um, working at Amazon also kind of stretched me beyond what I was capable, what, what I thought I was capable of. 
of course, there are difficult times like any learning curve, but uh, I, I consider them all growth pains and uh, uh, I, uh, and I expect them to happen. And I, I sometimes I actively seek for them just to ensure that I continue to increase the meaningful impact with my work, which is very important for me. So I wanted to ask you a little bit more about your role at Amazon. Um, Amazon has fought for a vow to go carbon neutral by 2040. And I was wondering what strategies you're overseeing, which are like aiming to um, reach this. Okay. So our, our global goals, first of all, require local adaptation and strategies because we have different markets, different infrastructure and different realities, legislation, maturity levels, um, et cetera, which are uh, constraints that, that um, modify a little bit how we, what are the actions that we're going to put in place to achieve carbon neutrality goals or shipment zero. My role is to identify uh, and implement measurable and scalable solutions locally that meet our global goals. To do this, uh, my team and I, we are working externally, engaging with external stakeholders from service providers, uh, automotive manufacturers, energy developers, local ministries, and internally by channeling and sharing the best practice with global teams and with our local teams as well, and trying to transform these best practices into actionable and scalable plans locally and when uh, possible also to other regions. Um, my main focus right now is operations and what we call shipment zero, which is one of the main milestones we have towards achieve, achieving our carbon neutrality by 2040. So shipment zero states that 50% of all shipments that the customers will receive by 2030 will have no added carbon by Amazon. This means that the facilities will be fed by 100% renewable energy. It means that the shipments or the orders will be transported in zero emission vehicles, whether electric or hydrogen or uh, non-motorized vehicles from fulfillment center to customer home. Um, and also in with no added uh, secondary packaging by Amazon. So eliminating the added carbon by packaging from Amazon. Um, so it requires us to work with engineering teams, both in um, energy efficiency and uh, renewable energy procurement. It implies us, us working with the transportation teams to incorporate the available electric vehicles into the own network and also with the packaging team to identify ways on how can we eliminate uh, reduce and eliminate the packaging altogether. Um, so we, as I mentioned, we, met, we spent a lot of time engaging with, uh, with external stakeholders and local teams. Um, with the engineering teams, for example, we are focusing on uh, energy efficiency tech solutions and process changes from building design improvement and waste management practice. So we can improve not only the energy efficiency, which will lead us to have to procure less renewable energy, um, but also to improve recyclability and minimize waste and create also the culture inside out on sustainability. And identity similar strategies are also being done with, uh, with the other verticals that I mentioned on transportation and packaging. Um, finally, for us, engagement is a very key activity that brings brand awareness internally and externally as well. Um, while we are connecting with industry leaders to work on synergies and promoting, uh, we are also promoting the sustainability internally with what we call the ambassador uh, program, which is a program that is open to all Amazonians who wish 
to collaborate on reducing the impact of our different uh, facilities or just wish to get informed or participate in activities that we organize, whether they are related to lifestyle changes or collaboration with NGOs externally or organizing some um, talk events internally with uh, external stakeholders so we can share as well how the other businesses are looking at sustainability from their core. Um, with this program, this program is very um, dynamic uh, because it's, it's grown by Amazonians and we develop depending on the projects that uh, the groups want to execute. So a lot of actually improvement ideas for the specific business units that these Amazonians work on uh, come from this program, which is, which is also leading to uh, further collaboration and further uh, small milestones uh, that are not um, yet currently established at the global level. Those are some amazing initiatives. You've mentioned a little bit about the culture, and um, I was wondering if it's uh, how it is managing to change the ch culture in such a large organization. Well, there, first of all, uh, it helps that the, um, these goals in sustainability are really well defined and they are a business directive. So they are not an option for us, they are something that we need to execute. So that is the first impulse to help. Uh, but there are two main ways to change the culture and not just being an action we have to do. One is communication, the other one is collaboration. On communication, as I mentioned before, the ambassador program is a really powerful way to engage all Amazonians. Um, so this program, the, the initiatives that are driven from this program tend to impact everyone in the office. I'll give you some examples. Uh, in the offices, uh, now we most of us are working from home, but when we were not, we eliminated all the single-use cups in the building, which whether people would like it or not, they would have to, to use to use a reusable cups and wash their own cups. We also integrated a, a rental umbrella program because in Japan, um, umbrella waste is a serious issue. Um, so trying to find the lost umbrellas in the building and, and providing them into a a circular economy methodology to, to give to the Amazonians who forgot their umbrella in a rainy day. Um, so, and then of course we have, uh, like I mentioned, the other sustainability clarification sessions, whether they are with internal teams or also with external stakeholders. So this really keeps helping to create an agenda of constant input and constant new uh, information that is created by Amazonians for Amazonians. Um, these programs, as I mentioned, are also making visible changes um, in the workplace and really uh, increasing the education of everyone involved. Um, the second point is collaboration. So, as I mentioned, this is a business directive uh, reaching carbon neutrality and is something that all the business units are creating very defined strategies to do their part in their own uh, methodology. So this is not a sustainability department goal, but uh, an Amazon goal. Um, so this uh, helps with the first stage of getting the priorities done. Um, then my goal is to ensure that I facilitate this execution. So I don't want it to be a burden, but I want to be something that the teams are excited about. So my goal is to ensure that the execution of certain strategies are integrated, measured, uh, and aligned and owned with sustainability standards and our timelines, but also uh, they leave enough space to respond with localized actions that meet the business needs of certain teams in different regions. Um, we are also supporting and facilitating this, this collaboration by uh, knowledge transfer. 
and exchange between regions to shorten learning curves for the different teams that are integrating these processes in their business and also you know providing them some solutions that have already a lot of the the previous work done so they just need to be retweaked for the execution in the region um our strategy anyway is inclusive of all uh, and again when we don't have the expertise in-house we seek support from external service providers so this is becoming very quickly you now part of our leadership principles and becoming a very frequent word you hear whatever you are in a business meeting for sustainability or not is something that becomes start to become as a really strong priority in all the decision makers in amazon so i was wondering if i could go back and ask you a little bit more about your mba and mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. how did your mba kind of transform your knowledge from working in like small organizations to working in one of the biggest companies in the world do you think it prepared you for that transition uh, yeah, definitely. You know, the, the MBA, I, my intention of doing the MBA was precisely to have a massive career shift. And I knew that I needed to have this one year of new learning to recalibrate my knowledge and strategies towards enabling this career shift. Um, the MBA provided you know, amazing classes with uh, fantastic professors. The MIT experience that the Lisbon MBA promotes was Know, some of the best memories and the best experiences that I that I have, I still have a lot of friends in Boston from this one month by by you know engaging and, and networking locally. Um, then the diverse diverse pool of colleagues. We had a small class, but we were coming from all sorts of countries and backgrounds, so it was very rich um, to understand uh, potential different paths that we could take. And of course, the, the friendships that were formed. You now the MBA really provided all this support group for with knowledge, uh, technical, non-technical, and connections to um, to be able to make this shift. Um, so in a way, it provided me the tools that I needed to really reflect and align on the direction that I should be following. Um, of course, the MBA provides the tools, but you need to actively engage them towards having a meaning, meaningful change. Um, with Amazon, the MBA opened this opportunity, you know, but provided me the, the tools that I needed to put in practice in order to give me the, the focus and confidence to handle ambiguity at such scale and complexity and pressure a lot of times. Um, in entrepreneurship, for the other hand, it helped me a lot to recognize my errors of the past and to create a baseline towards a more strategic business planning that I apply um, as well in Amazon. So I really believe that this MBA was perhaps one of the best decisions that I have ever made. I'm very, very grateful for it. Um, I, yeah, I, I may have uh, just one advice for for fellow MBAs. Um, you know, I, I feel that a lot of times I, I see people who do incredible MBAs and they have an incredible background. They want this career shift, but then there's somehow the belief that doing the MBA is enough. You now having the, the diploma of a very highly reputed um, business school is enough. And they don't, I don't see them actively pursuing this change. So what, what, I would, what I would advise for, and I know this is unsolicited advice, but still what I would advise to the MBAs um, that are completing their, their programs or have completed recently is to really get active on ensuring that you are making the connections and grabbing the opportunities um, 
in the areas that you choose, even if sometimes they are not 100% fit with what you wish to have. Um, the MBA only gives you the first hint, the first step, which shows you which door to take, but you need to actually take that step and try to find out what is on the other side. And um, by actively engaging these tools that you learn, will help you to be successful in that in that transition and getting those opportunities that you wish for just don't expect them to just happen just because you have um, um ft100 mba that sounds amazing advice um well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today so thank you so much for having me and uh yeah and looking forward to to speak with you again soon Thank you so much to Rita for being on the podcast today. I think she gave some really valuable advice for people who are wanting to switch sectors and are doing so by doing an MBA. If you'd like more thought leadership, go to www.associationofmbas.com forward slash ambition and make sure to listen out for the next Ambition podcast.